What's up, guys? Welcome back to this next episode of the Your Daily Pass podcast. Yes, thank you so much for joining us today. We are rolling with a conversation. We are sharing stories. We are breaking down stigmas. All the good stuff. And rocking it while doing it. Yeah, we're modest over here. So we know that you are going to enjoy this next episode. Sit back, relax. And enjoy. Yeah. Buckle up. Bye-bye. Hi, my name is Candice and I am a self-proclaimed manifester and I totally am into personal development. One of the biggest things that I've manifested recently is living in my very own tiny home. We're talking 250 square feet. I do a ton of traveling with my daughter. I just welcomed a brand new baby boy into my world. All of this happened though, after a, my goodness, so many different romantic partners, narcissistic, you name it. It was not pretty for a very long time. And the biggest part of that was because I did not take the time to make sure that I had done the work to be ready to embrace my life, to be in the right place, right time, right space. But all of that allowed me to adopt this minimalist lifestyle that I'm totally in love with. I now practice amazing, radical personal forgiveness, acceptance, And although the journey was not without impact, I love sharing how I got from there to here. And I'm so excited to be on your guys' podcast today. Fiona, we are back with another conversation. We are. We are. I would like to talk to you about manifesting. Yes. And I think the cool thing about manifestation is you see the results. You know, you see other people do it and you're like, wow. Yes. It seems like this real sexy word and you're like, how are these people doing this thing? Is this legit? Exactly. Are we about to talk to somebody but I that's think, legit? Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, we are. But I think it also has this bit of a stigma around it itself yeah. because you're like, unless you're, you know, singing Kumbaya around in a circle or, you know, like it can be have this stigma of like you have to be real hippie or like yeah you certain- have to be a certain person only for it to work whereas yeah. if you just do it and believe wholeheartedly yes you're there you're there that's exactly right so i'm going to find this this conversation really interesting and i'm sure yes. you are as well because you've already got a list of notes to go over <laughs> before we even start but today we are going to welcome Candace welcome to our podcast thank you so much for having me ladies i'm excited we are too. We yes. are too. We are very excited. So to kick off, Candice, I'd love to know about your journey and start wherever you please, but I'd love to have our listeners have an insight on what you were sending us because you have had a lifetime. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I have. And I mean, you know, people can go and check out, you know, the the bio, you know, and all that kind of stuff, which is, of course, on all of my social media and stuff like that. And I mean, part of it, I put it into these little simple sentences, right? At 17, I survived a sexual assault from a boyfriend. <laughs> so that's kind of the kicker of, you know, when life went from being fairly idyllic to, uh, you know, life was actually happening uh, to me. And, you know, that moment, I didn't take a lot of time to heal from it, to be completely honest with you. Um, And I think a lot of young women, certainly, I mean, I would say women for sure, but you know, young people, when they go through that, they don't necessarily have the skill sets to talk about it, which is one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about talking about it without any kind of shame. Um, And no blame either, just like this is it. And here's what, you know, should have happened or could have happened, I guess I won't show to myself, but From that moment, because I didn't take the time to heal, that led me into sort of this, um, I'm going to write a book one day and I'm going to call it Detours, because I feel like my life was a series of detours, which you can definitely see, right? I had this happen and then I kind of felt like I ended back in the same place and then this happened. Um, You know, I attracted uh, various numbers of um, men who were not uh, the best choice for me. Um, and of course that, you know, unhealed self just sort of piled up on top of it. But I loved how you guys started off your show talking about manifestation because 
I didn't really have a chance to sit as I felt and do the healing because life was still happening. There were still bills that needed to be done. There was no time to sit and, you know, do yoga on the beach necessarily, right? Like you guys were saying. Yeah. And so I really feel like my healing happened while my life was also happening. And I heard one time that, you know, people that go through something that's significant. So whether it's like that, or, you know, one of my partners left me with a significant amount of debt, um, yet I still knew I was an abundant person. So how do I manifest my life back to where, where I needed it to be, you know, that sort of thing. Um, and I heard once that those kind of people walk with a limp and that's kind of stuck with me that I'm like, I'm still walking, but I might walk <laughs> with a limp now. But I think from those moments, we get a lot of wisdom And we deal with things very differently. And so fast forward, that was 20 years ago when the assault happened and then various certain things happened in between there. Good and otherwise, got married, got a divorce, right? Well, trying to get a divorce, you know, met the next partner, finally found some time to do some healing, you know, just welcome brand new baby. I already have an amazing, beautiful daughter. And so I look at my life and I think, you know, when I decided not to you know, harm myself while I was in the healing from this assault, lots of blame. I remember thinking to myself, when I get through the healing of this, and I knew it would take some time, and when I get to the life that I would like to create, because I don't want to give up, because I want to create and manifest this life I know I'm worthy of, right? I knew that at my core. Um, I'm going to be really happy. And when I get there, I'm going to tell the story, right? Because they say that your survival story will become someone else's map, right? They'll yes. they, Whatever you went through, then you can talk about. And so that's a really big thing for me. Like, I love that you guys said, you know, is there anything you don't want to talk about? And I was like, no, 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 let's talk <laughs> about everything. Because I think especially as women, when we dare to tell the truth about what's actually going on in our lives or what actually happened to us, we free other women to do the exact same thing. Right. Beyond the, you know, me too movement. Like, let's talk about what's really going on here now, then, you know, whatever. So, you know, that's a big part of it. Uh, One of my most favorite sayings, and it's something that really probably kickstarted our journey to actually go, no, let's do this podcast. Let's step up to do it is um, Mm -hmm. it goes along the lines of your story could be the key that unlocks somebody else's prison. And I always, it's something it's, it's on my, um, I have a board in my bedroom and it's on there and I, I look at it nearly every night and, when I'm having a day or, you know, when I've looked at something that I have achieved, I'm like, yes, that is why, because I took the time to really listen to that quote. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I I love it. And I totally agree. It's one of the reasons why, um, you know, people obviously you talk about some of the things, whether it's, you know, thinking about suicide or some of those things. I'm like, I'm not doing it to glorify it. (laughs) I'm doing it because if I thought about it, someone else did too. And if they hear this randomly and they think, oh, and then they go and look and think, yeah, but you have this amazing life. And I also want them to know, I'm like, yeah, it's 20 years in the making and it's still not perfect, right? I'm still attempting to get divorced from my first marriage so that I can move on with, with my life. But I'm dealing with a challenging individual, which, you know, it's weird. I have a career as a communicator and there's still one person on the planet I can barely communicate with humbling but it's like this reality right this reality check which I love you know this life gives you those checks and balances exactly and I think it's so important too to you know we see so much and I guess with with social media as well we see so much of the highlight reel and we think everybody else's life is rosy and easy and all those things but when we're real and we're just like look I've had 20 years of of a life, these are the things that I have overcome. Yeah, exactly. Of details and I've overcome this and I've allowed myself the chance to heal. And you can look back at that and say, I didn't heal when I was 17, but we don't know how. No, we don't know how. And this is what's really interesting to me. I had a lady um, I was having a conversation with the other week and um, this is going to sound very off topic. Um, They were talking about sex ed in school. Yeah, and they were talking about sex ed, um, and she sort of made the the question. She said in in a way that was like, you know, and now in sex ed, they're not just talking about uh, male and females being in a relationship; they're talking about all different. And you know, it just gives them a, a reason to try it, and it really just stuck with me because I was like, like education is key 
here. Yeah. You know, and I know that's completely different, but sharing stories and giving kids education, and it comes back down to suicide a lot too because yeah. I know that when we done our courses and things like that around suicide, you know, one of the first questions if you think someone is having suicidal thoughts is to ask them, are you suicidal? And a lot of people say, oh, I don't want to do them because I don't want to give them the option. Like I don't want to give them the idea. And it's like it's got nothing about it because if they've got that idea, they've already got it. Yeah, they're not getting it from you. Yeah, and I know that that's two completely different things. But it was just so interesting that that she said that because I was like, and I was like, wow, that's a stigma we really need to break. Having conversations and being open isn't going to be what does it they're actually going to be what opens these people up to to yeah. not do it or and know, to, to understand the sharing to yeah. understand the sharing yeah yep now i mean i'll be honest i i didn't talk about the story for a very long time because i felt like um i shouldn't talk about something that wasn't quite healed yet right i didn't want to you know bleed all over the people i was talking to and so you know it actually took me doing the podcast and starting it um, in one different version last year to start talking about it and find the courage to say, this is something I've thought about. And this is something I haven't talked about. And it's actually something that in the future, I want to have a whole campaign about, about, you know, when you're not at your best, there are people and places and, and mostly people, you know, that come and stand with you and stand beside you. Like I am where I am today because some people did me wrong and that gave me an opportunity to grow and become stronger and and discover things about myself. But there were also people who stood by me who didn't know what was going on. They maybe supported me, right? Great psychologists, psychiatrists, you name it. Like there were definitely some healers along the way who impacted that. And so now it's really important for me to say, Hey, this happened. I didn't do it by myself. I had healers throughout this process and I'd love for you to make sure that you are getting the appropriate help that you need because there is hope it's out there, right? Even like saying, Hey, not only did I go through that at 17 and then have a slew of, you know, partners who were not awesome, but it never stopped me from realizing that I still wanted to be in love, still believed in love. But I was realizing the one person in like, that's the same with all these people is me. And so clearly I am attracting this kind of person. So it's got to be this or better, this or better. And that whole shift of forgiving myself for attracting those, those partners and realizing I need to do the work. And then wouldn't you know it, the partner who was perfect for me showed up when I was like, not interested. I'm good with myself. I'm going to focus on my daughter and my business and travel. And then wouldn't you know, I'm like, there it is. Right. So that's, I think that's the whole thing about manifestation too, right? You can't do it when you're staring at it and you're like, this has got to happen. No, put the intention out there and then go do something else. Yes. Time to work. Yes, exactly. Oh, I do love that though. It's the universe pops up with these things for you. Not when you think you need it, when you actually do. Yeah. Yeah. That is a kicker, but it's true. Yes. (laughs) It's very, very true. So I would love to know, how did you start to recognize like, okay, so I need to be doing something that for me, I can make these Mm. changes, you know, like you're in a marriage and and you've got a child together. How do you go, right, this isn't the right place for me. I need to start to put it out into the world and make the changes. Well, I... And so my podcast is, uh, the tagline is trust the niggle, tell the truth, because any of the mistakes, mistakes, issues, you name it in my life, um, happened because I wasn't listening to that really quiet voice that went, this is a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, right down to the first one at 17, right. Something in my spirit was, was off and I didn't listen to it and, you know, all of them all the way through. And so the biggest part of my healing last year, when I took, I took 14 weeks and literally disappeared into healing. And finally, I mean, the world shut down. So it was like the perfect time to do some healing. Um, And when I emerged, uh, the biggest thing about it was I had reconnected to my feminine. I'd reconnected to myself. I was now like, if it doesn't feel good and the niggle goes off, I'm going to be like, what? (laughs) So I think for me, I actually knew when I was pregnant with my daughter, that her dad, it, it was, it was, it was done. And it was really interesting how it was like, oh, 
But then I, I had too much pride and too much fear to leave. So I knew, as I think many women do, and I ignored it. And then six days after she arrived, I knew it, that it wasn't the place where I was going to thrive. And if I wasn't going to thrive, she probably wouldn't either. And I'd always believed that it takes a community to raise a child. So although I felt a lot of shame and guilt because, oh my goodness, now I'm going to be a divorce. Now I'm going to be a single mom, right? There was a lot of emotion that came with that. There was also a little bit of relief because I was finally being honest with myself and telling myself the truth, which is where the tell the truth comes from. Everybody thinks it's about telling the truth to the rest of the world. And I'm like, eh, sometimes the world doesn't deserve your truth, but you certainly do. Because if you're telling yourself the truth, you're going to operate from an entirely different space. And so it actually took me about two and a half years before I found the courage and that kind of thing to be able to leave that relationship Um, because I had to do some healing here first. I also didn't want to, you know, leave and then come back like that for me was a scarier thought (laughs) than leaving. Um, And if I chose to, because we did some counseling or something, okay, but I didn't want to waffle. Does that make sense? It felt like too big of a decision. So for me, first and foremost, I remember looking in the mirror and realized that I had kept good 50 pounds on because I didn't want my partner to want me. And I said, well, number one, I need to lose this weight so that I can love me again because I didn't love myself in that shape or space. It wasn't who I was, right? So that was the first thing. I got my health under control, started eating better. So I didn't even worry about the fact that I knew I needed to leave my marriage because that was almost too big to tackle. But 50 pounds, I could do that. So that was the first win. And then it was um, figuring out how to do my business differently because I was an event planner and I did um, a lot of sales work. I love um, sales and I did online, offline but a lot of it meant I was away from my daughter and that wasn't lining up for me anymore. And so I learned how to work my business online more fully. So I guess within those two years, I was healing. I was doing a lot of reading. I was doing a lot of, you know, that kind of stuff, but a lot of the healing was happening in here. And the moment I left was actually a very quiet moment. It was just a day where I was like, I think I'm good. I had sold everything I wasn't intending to take with me into the the next phase of my life. I had, gone through my closet and, you know, done all that stuff where if I didn't love it and it wasn't perfect for me, I'd let it all grow. And so literally everything I had packed up into this little tiny car that my dad basically gave me because they knew I was intending on leaving. And I took a couple of months and I traveled and I did house sitting. So single mom, I traveled all over uh, the U S and Canada house sitting. So it was like basically free. It gave me time to think it gave me time to heal and it wasn't until I came back from that trip, sort of with some chance to breathe and some space, um, that I sat my soon-to-be ex-husband down and I said, this isn't working. And I think you know that because I've been gone for months. So I'm leaving. And But by then it was, there was almost no emotion. And my mom's always said, you know, the opposite of love is not hate. Because that's actually a passionate energy too. The opposite of love is indifference. So when you can come to that space where you're like, there's nothing here except maybe a compassion for the co-parent, I'm done. What does that look like now? And here we are. Wow. I absolutely love that. And I've never thought of it that way. That is beautiful. That is truly at peace, isn't it? Yeah. I love that you gave yourself the time. I did. And I think we need that. Like we as women need that. Yeah, Yeah, we do. And we need to give ourselves the grace because that's what doesn't happen, isn't it? You know, a lot of the times when people share their story with you of, of leaving and, and working out that, you know what, I'm not happy. I'm not at peace at where we're at. It's not a story like yours. It's not peaceful and beautiful and calm, which, you know, it's the complete opposite of that. And it's hateful and angry and, you know, quite fight or flight. I love that. And I love that for your daughter. That was, she was the real reason, right? Um, And it it doesn't mean it's not without its challenges, right? Um, It doesn't mean... I mean, this was a few years ago and it's still going on. So it's, it's still not without its challenges. 
Um, but I've begun to see that as, as just another part of the detour. It's another part of the lesson. Um, I'm intent on co-parenting with this person. Again, not necessarily for me, but also for me, but also for her. Because, you know, and there's that quote out there in social media, right? That, you know, children need to see their mother being loved by the right man. And they're like, no, children need to see their mother loving themselves. And I agree with that wholeheartedly because, you know, I never saw my mother get mad. She wasn't in that generation that was mad. They do the passive aggressive thing. And that's fine. I respect it. Right. That was a generational thing. Her mother was even worse. Right. It was totally different for women. We've come so far in so many, so many years, so far to go, but we've come so far. And so when my daughter sees me get angry or get frustrated or some of these things, I don't hide it from her because she needs to see it. She's seen me break down and cry after, you know, a breakup. And I don't hide her from that because I'm like, you can't be afraid of your emotions, girl. Like I grew up being the good girl. I grew up being quiet. It's why I didn't say anything when he assaulted me at 17. I didn't want to make him uncomfortable because I had been trained to be good and quiet and darn it. I don't want my daughter to be good or quiet, right? Like, do you guys know that the word nice, the etymology of the word nice means stupid? Whoa. So I don't want my daughter. Yes. I do not want my daughter to be a nice girl nice. or even a good girl. She needs to know when it's appropriate to speak her mind, which is, you know, sometimes the sass needs a timeout, <laughs> right? I'm right there But at you. the same time. I'm not raising a nice girl. No way, no how. Wow. I love that. I need to see the emotions. It it is so true about how you've gone through such a horrible experience, but you didn't say anything because you were too worried about the other person's feelings. I I didn't want to make him feel uncomfortable. And so I was really uncomfortable. That wasn't nice for me. That wasn't kind to me, right? Like, and so I, yeah, and even now, right, it's, that kind of stuff is ingrained. And so even now I get nervous when I'm, and I'll talk to people, I'm like, I'm really nervous to say this, but I have to say this. And it's hard for me to speak my mind. And I've learned that people really love that, right? That's to tell the truth, right? Something's not right for me here. I don't know what it is, but I got to, yeah. I got the niggle. The niggle is here. The niggle. It's the niggle. (laughs) So wow. it's only been in the last, since you created your own podcast, that you actually brought up about being sexually assaulted. Yeah. Wow. wow. Isn't it amazing and that I, for so long you just want that other person to feel okay when you don't? Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I I mean, I searched him out on Facebook a few years ago and, you know, he's a dad with two daughters. And believe me, I wanted to pick up the phone and be like, you'd better raise those girls right. And you'd better hope that somebody doesn't do to them what you did to me. Right. Because I've never said those things, right. I've never named names. I've never done any of those things. I feel like two wrongs don't make a right. I feel like, you know, justice gets served in one way or another. I'll tell the truth if I'm asked directly, but in general, that's not the point. And I was even sharing this with my dad the other day that I said, it's not, that's not the point. That's, that's just making them carry the blame for something that, you know, they were young too, right? So yeah. they may have changed in 20 years, just like I know I've changed in 20 years. That's their, that's their, that's their cross to carry. Right. And, but it's about the much bigger concept, right? So, and that the healing of that energy is a much bigger deal for me than the who or the what, I think. And I wish more women could get to that place because no, maybe justice isn't served for you specifically, but our story of the injustice might stop somebody else's story Mm. from happening, which is a much bigger thing. Exactly. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Sometimes it's the bigger picture, isn't Mm -hmm. it? Yeah, and it doesn't not validate or anything like that. It just means it's going to be, like you say, justice is, is served a different way. Different way. Wow. Yeah. Did you read something? Did you see something? Like how did you get to a place within your heart that you could believe that? Because I'd imagine it wouldn't have been a straight road. No, not at all. Um, I think a lot of it was... Um, I had a really great 
like foundation growing up. Um, my parents are still married. My grandparents are still married. Um, you know, so I had really great relationships that were not perfect. No way, no how, but really great relationships um, that set that for me. Something else that was big for me, and you'll probably pick up, but words matter for me. Um, I believe we create our world with our words. Um, and certainly, I mean, there's some some idea that, you know, the world was created through sound and everything vibrates, right? Everything is energy. So there's, I think there's a lot to that, that we don't always recognize whether we're saying it in our heads or whether we're saying it out loud. So part of that was I had this really great foundation to grow from. My name means glittering and glowing white. And so at a time when I felt like I was ruined, I guess, right? Like just didn't love myself. I held on to the fact that there was probably a reason that I had my name. So in the same reason I've chosen my children's names very carefully because I know we grow into those things. Um, So there was that. I had some great habits. Like I journaled after the assault happened when I finally left the relationship between two years to leave the world finally left. Um, I wrote four journals where I detailed everything that had happened, every gory detail. And then I buried them. And I said, that's it. I am closing the door on this. I am not going back there in my mind. I don't want to remember. I'm done. From here on in, I move forward. So I did some of that, that by the time I found my first counselor, um, she worked with me for eight sessions to come to a place of forgiveness. And that was the start of it. I had various helpers and healers throughout my life. Basically I'd be good for a while and then I would run into something and I'd realize I'd need to do more work. And so I would do more work. And I talk about that a lot that um, they say that every level there's a new devil, right? Mm -hmm. And so I would work on something and I think I'm good. And then maybe I'd have a breakup and I would be like right back in the space or somebody would, you know, touch me a certain way. And I'd be right back there in my mind and think, darn it. Right. So I guess a lot of it was, I understood that I wouldn't go, I wasn't going to be good overnight. I was mad about that. Let me tell you, I was mad for a very long time about how messed up my life was because of what had happened. Uh, Plans that had changed dreams that had changed that kind of stuff. But I was also aware that the, the healing wouldn't come overnight. And so I was very committed to that, that I was like, as I need to be healed, I'll do more healing. And as I need to be healed, I'll do more healing. And someday I'll stop and I'll do the entire work. And for me, that was last year, um, you know, where it all kind of came together. And I mean, it's still 14 weeks. It's pretty intense healing. So I think I'm, I've just allowed myself to just sort of be in that space. Um, and I adopted good habits. I knew right away that I didn't want to go from one addiction, right, which was men, and unhealthy relationships. So I never got into alcohol. I never got into drugs. I sort of, there was parts of me that were like, we're not going there. Right. Um, you know, so I guess, I guess there was just, there was some good things. I think a lot of it was that foundation in the beginning that I had great people who were there. And then there were other people who just sort of poured into my life. And I try to be that person now, right. When I hear about somebody and I think we know it when we walk with a limp, we know other people with a limp. Yeah. I feel like that's the, I feel like that's been the case for me that there are people who I probably never told them but if I told them by the way this happened when I was 17 they'd be like oh I didn't know what happened but I knew something had happened and they were just good to me right yeah. bosses friends you name it some are in my life some are not but there were like these markers along the way and so I feel like yes my life was detours but on those detours there were some amazing things that I look back and go yeah, there was some shit, but there was some really good stuff too. Yes. Yeah. And it's seeing that, isn't it? And not just going, oh, my God, all detours and being mm-hmm. so negative about, you know, you, mm-hmm. just losing any positive. That's what I really do want to bring up about you, Candice. You are so positive for somebody who, you know, to be through those things. And even, you know, in seeing you the way you talk, it's with such grace. And, and that That's would... That's my middle name. Is it? Oh, really? What? It's, it's our word at the moment. We love using it. <laughs> um, but you just have this certain aura about you when you talk about it, and it's really that you can see that you've done a lot of work. The best revenge is a life well lived. 
And originally that was something that I did because I was, you know, sticking my middle finger up to these people. And at some point it's just, it's not been about them anymore. And I think a lot of it was when I came to realize I probably will never get I'm stories from these people, but I don't know that I need them anymore because I'm okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. And sharing the the stories and being there for other people and that sort of thing. And I'm like, there's so much going on here that it's not even about me. And the only reason I have such a negative reaction to this thing that happened is because I assigned a humans are meaning making machines. So I made that assault mean something, right? If I had different training or different upbringing or even a different awareness, it would have not happened or happened in a different way or any of these things. And so I've come to realize we really do the best we can when we're in that moment. It's what we do after that. And to be honest, one of the things I get a really secret joy from is knowing that some of these people watch me now on social media and they're like, damn. And I'm like, yeah, damn. In spite of, thank you. Yes. I was just going to say, do you feel like you're like, "Mm mm-hmm, thank Mm -hmm. you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and, And more than that, you know, what a gift it would be if I was able to, you know, see some of these people and say, it's okay. Like whatever it was, it's okay. I don't have to forgive you. I'm not above you or below you. I accept it. It, it's been shitty. Okay. But I learned so much. I did so much. I did so much in spite of you sometimes because I wanted to spite you. And if I, I had done it to spite you, I don't know if I would have done all of these other things. Yes. And so can I really be against it? I don't know if I can anymore. Right. Like I'm like, damn, right. Everything Rummy says it life is rigged in your favor. And if I look back, I'm like, yeah, I mean, could have avoided a couple of the couple of the potholes, right? Like yeah. there's some scars that are not going to go away, but damn, it's been good. It's yes. been, it's been good. I went to a Tony Robbins course one day oh, for a, you know, a conference and, um, I think he does also talk about it on his Netflix series, but I think unless you went to the conference, you're probably not going to pick up on it so much. Um, And one of the most healing things that I was ever told was, um, and it's hard to hear the first time I ever heard it, if you're going to hate them for the bad, you've got to hate them for the good. You've got to hate on the full level level, and you've got to love them for the good. You know what I mean? And so that was one of those things that you're like, if you're going to hate, hate them for everything. Hate them yep. for, you know, bringing you into this world. Hate them for the things they've done you. Hate them for the show, things you've shown you because if you're going to hate them, you have to hate them with every bit of them and that is – you can't do that. It's hard to swallow, yeah. isn't it? it? It it really is and yeah. it was one of those things that was the first time that I went, oh, okay. <laughs> Damn, was, I got to do the work on me. Yeah. 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 Um. Carolyn, Carolyn Miz, I think it is, uh, Sacred Contracts. Brilliant book. Um, there's certainly been a few, and I, I have most of them on my website. Um, but she talks about an, an idea or a concept. I don't know who, you know, what you guys believe or what that kind of thing. But her concept is before we come, we as souls who are going to hang out, including ours today, would have gotten together and said, we're going to meet at this time in the timelines. We're going to teach this sort of thing. We're going to interact in this way. And this is it. And so my soul might've said, I'm going to learn about grace. I'm going to learn about compassion. I'm going to learn about whatever these are the lessons. And then other souls basically step up and say, I will take on teaching you this lesson. I will take on being this person who shows up to rescue you. I will do this. And so the whole idea hit me. Because similar to what you were saying with the whole love thing, how much must that gentleman's soul have loved mine to say, I will be the one to inflict this pain on you. I love you that much to be the one to give you this lesson. I will carry that, right? And the karma, technically, that comes with that, this whole concept. And I mean, who knows, right, what is or isn't, but that hit me in such a way that I was like, wow, that person must have loved me a lot. Wow. That soul. Wow. 
Yeah, you got me there too. That's a lot to take on, isn't it? And it just makes you think about, rethink so many things, doesn't it? Mm. Wow. But I love that it puts you in a place of love. Yeah. You know, when you do that, it puts you in a a place where you feel love and you can give love and you can give love from afar if that's what suits best and and know that that's okay too because I think there's... A reframe for me was just like, oh, right? Because, again, we're meaning-making machines. Doesn't absolve anybody of guilt or blame or any of those things. That is an entirely separate thing, but it just brings it home right here. What if... What if that awful thing that happened for me was actually meant for my best and for my good? What if? Yeah, that's a lot to soak in. Well, we blame my mind. What if? I've got to write this down. Mm. This is crazy. But what if it teaches you so much and it teaches you to set those boundaries and maintain those boundaries and, you know, Go deep in yourself and learn your feminine. Oh, wow. Wow. That needs a minute of washing over, doesn't it? It really does. Mm. It really does because we never, ever think of life like that, do we? No. No way. So did you have someone, you know, like the manifesting because a lot of the time – we don't mm-hmm. even realise that the common denominator is us, right, and in the relationships and in the different things of that you want in life, right? The one thing mm-hmm. you can control is you and it, the mm-hmm. only thing you can control is you too. So how did you come to that realisation to start with? Because I think there is still a lot of people out there that don't mm-hmm. even actually realise that and I think for <laughs> someone listening to that today go, oh, geez. It can feel like a slap in the face. And I think when you first hear it, you don't like to hear it. So you kind of don't listen to it. I was not happy the first time I heard it. I was like, there's no way I called that into my experience. So, yeah, no, I am. Who in their right mind would, right? Like, yeah. yeah. And so to actually seek, like, let that sink in a little bit, it's one of those things that someone says it to you, you want to yell and scream at them. And then you walk into a room and you go, oh, that was hard to take. Um, honestly, I think a big part of it was like watching something as simple as the secret. Um, and I mean, that, that was it, right. It was just this coming to realization. It was when I started to play with manifestation, like manifesting a free cup of coffee. Um, even today I was thinking to myself, cause I'm trying to manifest some really big goals right now. Like I'm pushing my own boundaries to receive, right. To allow myself to receive. I'm a woman, right. We don't like to receive. We're going to do everything. Right. So <laughs> There's my thing. And I'm I'm making coffee for my mom and dad. So I'm not even thinking, right? It's automatic. I'm doing this thing. And I take the coffee grounds out, right? And I'm like, this is really full. You know what would suck? If it broke. Guess what? It effing broke. <laughs> like right then. And I was just, ah. But I got it because I was like, damn, manifestation right then, right there. And I was like, must remember this moment. Because what else can I call in? If I can call that in, what else can I call in? And so I think for a lot of, at least for me, the manifestation thing, it was just becoming aware. If I thought about a good parking spot and I got one, I said, thank you for it. And so it's becoming aware of these things that most people would just call a synchronicity that I no longer live believing it was just chance. I know that that was absolutely happened this morning because I was like, I really want to call this in. And I was like, I don't know if I can making coffee. And I think, what if this broke? That would suck. And it breaks. And I think, okay, (laughs) I can manifest this, but I have to stay in the space where I literally visualized it breaking. And then it did. So I was like, must remember to stay in that space. And how powerful am I if I can make that happen? Right. So I think for somebody who wanted to start, start with something as simple as the secret and then see where that takes you. Lots of great people there. I think what's really interesting is a lot of people probably don't believe in manifestation and aren't open to it, right? Mm -hmm. But what's really interesting is 
they're actually probably already doing it. I think everybody is. Everybody actually is. It's just that whether you choose, and I think manifestation became a little bit more like, wow, this is a thing, when it turned into a positive note because people, still me, a lot of people are actually manifesting a negative lifestyle. Oh, yes. you know, of course this would go wrong with me. I told you that would happen. I told you I wouldn't get a good grade or if I tried, it didn't work. So I just don't bother trying because it doesn't ever work. It's not going to work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, you yep. know, your weight. See, told you you could never move it as you eat. You know what I mean? You know, like there's mm-hmm. all these different things that mm-hmm. we are so easy to see. Say, I told you so over a negative thing. Because mm-hmm. that's a poor bug of me. That's like a oh, it's a battle scar type situation. Well, it's easier because we're not we're not taught the the positive side of things. We're taught the negative. It's a, it's subliminal. And I mean, we could we could talk for hours on that. But you know, if somebody wants to try this manifestation thing, I'd be like, so just aim for a free cup of coffee. And then when it shows up, don't call it a coincidence. Start yeah. to see yes. it. That's the biggest thing. Is I just go looking for it. <laughs> a manifest a tiny house. Yes, I did. And and a tiny house shows up. Speaking about the tiny house, I am intrigued. Tell us about the tiny house. The tiny house is amazing. Okay, so the breakup happens last year. I go deep into healing. I need a place for my daughter and I to live, right? I don't really want to live with my mom and dad. I'm 37 years old. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Like, okay. Also don't want the mortgage and the the, all that kind of stuff. And um, so I've been into the essentialism, minimalism, you name it for a while and been fascinated by tiny house, right? Like if there's a tiny house show on, I am watching that. I think it's amazing. One of my favorite things about the tiny house movement is that everything has a place and a space. There's no extra waste. And typically we build houses and then we buy furniture to fill it rather than building a house that suits us and just having what we need. Anyway, and I feel like my life has gotten so much bigger since I shrunk. Still today, everything I own could fit into a small car (laughs) and we're good to go. Um, So tiny house is 250 square feet. Uh, With the two lofts, it's about 325. I actually have more usable space on the deck that's attached to the tiny house because it's actually 250 square feet. So it's, it's amazing. Two lofts, ladders full down. I actually have a whole video about it on my YouTube channel. Um, it's amazing. It's beautiful. I sat down and literally sketched, and I'm not no artist. That's not my gift. Sketched out what I would love my house to, to look like. And I had in my head, there'd be two lofts, one for my kids, one's for me. The only thing that I didn't have in this tiny house was I had a, envisioned like a, a bridge between the two sides, which I've now realized only my kids would be able to go across and probably be freaked about them falling off of. So that doesn't exist in this tiny house. But anyway, this tiny house actually has a full bathroom in it. Like we're talking like, it's so cute. I have washer and dryer, like you name it. It's like, how did they get it all in here? People walk in typically and they go, this is way bigger than I thought it was. And it's just, it's high ceilings. It's, it's gorgeous. But I went looking for it and we have a thing called Kijiji. I don't know if you guys have Kijiji where you're at, but it's a place for buying and selling. And I said, I don't want to spend more than 20 grand on a tiny house, knowing that most of the ones I'd probably look at be closer to 45. So it was a bit of a stretch. And I was kind of going, I don't think you can actually deliver on this universe, but you know what? I'm going to throw it out there because I actually need this (laughs) right now. (laughs) You know how it works. Um, And I went online and second or third one I looked at said, just reduce from 30K to 20K. There was the tiny house. And I started looking at pictures and I was like, oh my gosh, that's famous. Like literally the house I had just sketched out, called up the girl. Turns out she was a young woman like me. She'd bought it for her and her fiance. They broke up. It's been sitting for two years. She just reduced the price because she wants to move on with her life. I told her my story of wanting to move on with my life. And she's like, I think this house is supposed to be yours because nobody has like come to see it. I've had tons of interest, but nobody's actually followed through. And I said, I'm coming tomorrow. And my dad, who is like slow and steady and never makes a fast decision. That's usually me, like make a decision and go. He's like, we should go see this house. We go, I walk in and he's like, this is your house. And I was like, I know this is my house. Like it's my house. It's perfect. The furniture, like the appliances were all new. She'd never lived in it. She'd basically moved it. Oh, no. <laughs> 
onto her place and kept it. So we bought it. We towed it out to my parents' place, which was not without, <laughs> without you know, some challenges, right? So that's the thing. Just because you manifest, it doesn't mean it's going to necessarily be, you know, easy, easy. right? But people always show up, you know, the people who showed up to tow it were the right people, the, you know, the people who supported us, easy. We've probably put about 10K into it, just making it be exactly what I wanted, I found somebody on Instagram who was able to design like some shelves and some, I have floating drawers. It's so cool. Um, Dream come true. And so we've been living there and, you know, it's, yeah, like it's amazing. I absolutely love it. And one of my best manifestation stories. Mm. Oh my God, so cool. Yeah, that is cool. The the builder wife in her is really kicking in right now. The builder's wife in me is like, as soon as we get off, I'm going on your YouTube channel so I can look (laughs) at it because it is so cool. And I just love the idea that it's minimalist. Yeah. You don't need so And honestly, um, we just moved out, uh, went out there this past week um, with the new baby and everybody's like, how are you fitting him in there? And I'm like, I still have room. Like, that's the thing. I've shrunk everything. Everything has a space, but there are still drawers in that tiny house that are not full. I'm like, but why don't need to fill them? Right. There's only so much I need. That's it. We have room. That's so important. Yeah. We all totally are guilty of buying things to fill the space. huh? Mm -hmm. Way too much. Way too much. Absolutely. I have learned so much and I have so many notes. So many notes. <laughs> Candice, is there anything you really want our listeners to walk away knowing or anything that you feel like we've missed today that you really want to make sure that they know? Um, I think if there's a woman who's listening and she's looking at her life right now and she's not loving it or herself, that I would like her to you know, maybe take that seed of hope that's there. I know hope is a dangerous thing, especially if it doesn't have any action behind it, right? So I'd want her to know that, you know, the road out of your marriage or the road out of the relationship or the road to where you want to be is not going to be easy or straight, first and foremost. And for me, that was really important to know uh, in my heart because it made the tough days okay. Right. I knew it was going to be bad. And so I'd want to say that, you know, that if you're going to make a shift or a change, whether it's in mindset or relationship or a location, whatever it is, um, it's going to be tough first and foremost. And then I want to say, but you're already living tough because you're living in a situation where you're not happy and you're not on plan or on purpose. You're not in love with yourself. That's harder than anything else. And freedom comes at a price absolutely there has been a price and it's been a very dear one that I've paid to have the freedom and the life that I live today and I'd pay it again because it's totally worth it it's worth it for my daughter having the life she does it's worth for being able to speak my mind freely it's worth it and so if there's a seed of hope that you'd like to make a change make the shift make the decision set the intention don't tell it to anybody yet because it's amazing how when you tell those things to other people, their opinions, their fears, their worries are going to weigh in on your mind and your heart and your decision. And a change, a big one can only come from inside. And so journal it, journal it honestly, journal your fears out honestly. Like, I mean, be brutally honest. If you got to burn the paper after because you're worried someone's going to find it, do it. But be honest with somebody and start with yourself. Because if you can do that, then you'll be amazed if you just start to be open to the next steps for you. Because if I look back, I was never without a way out. I was never without somebody who was willing to offer me a hand, whether I took it every time, didn't necessarily, you know, pan out. But even after the assault, there was somebody who said, I don't think you're okay. Are you okay? I didn't have the courage at that point to say, no, I'm not. But when I did, I tell you, that was the person I went to and said, you're right. And you were right two years ago. And I don't know how to get out. And they said, I'll help you. I'll I'll help you out. So know it's going to be tough, but you're already living tough. So you can totally handle it. And, you know, the change will not feel like sunshine, lollipops and roses most of the time. 
when you're getting started, especially when you're learning how to manifest and you're changing old thought patterns. It sucks. You've got neural pathways and they're, they're ingrained, but it will feel like relief and relief is just a little tiny lift somewhere in your solar plexus, somewhere in your, in your stomach, just a little tiny lift and follow that. Follow that feeling of relief because it will grow. And at one day, someday, you'll look in the mirror and you'll be like, you made it. Mm. Wow. That is absolutely beautiful. And listen to that again. Exactly. Yeah. Well and truly. Exactly. Candice, where can people find you to know more about you, listen to your podcast, hear more of that? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, no, I show up about this honest on all my podcasts too. So, you know, I want to have you guys on for sure. So, you know, your listeners have to watch for when we can make that happen because that yes. would be super fun. Yes. <laughs> and then we can reverse this yes. and have a conversation with you, ladies. Totally. Um, yeah, so uh, my website is just CandiceSmiley.com and everything is there. Certainly that's a great place to start. And it's Candice with an I, so C-A-N-D-I-C-E-S-M-I-L-E-Y, CandiceSmiley.com. Um, I'm on Instagram uh, as Candice Creation. So first name, Candice Creation, no dots or points or anything like that. I show up very honestly on there. Um, I've left Facebook because for my minimalist self, that's not where my people are. So I'm on there. Um, And then you can also find me. I have a new page called Single Mama Success Club because I'm sharing more of my story about how I went from being a single mom to the life I'm creating for myself now. And I still really align to being a single mom because frankly, we're moms and the buck stops right here. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that's on Instagram as well. But of course, if they find me on Candice Creation, I make sure that all of my socials and all of my website link everywhere. So once you find one, you, you'll be stuck with me. So <laughs> find me, follow me and listen and I'd love it. Sounds Perfect. so good. And we'll have all that in our notes for today as yes, well. In our show notes. Candace, thank you very much for your time and your energy and just to being Thanks for showing so, up. Yeah, you. exactly. Showing up you, being authentic. It has been absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this episode of YDP. We hope you found comfort in listening to relatable stories from the heart. We drop a new episode every Tuesday and Friday. And if you want to keep up to date, make sure you check out our socials on Facebook and Insta.